Hey everyone, before we start our episode, we wanted to take a minute and introduce you to another podcast that we thought you may like, called The NRI Woman. Here's a quick promo. Even though we live abroad, as women of Indian origin, we have a common thread that binds us together because of our strong cultural background. NRI Woman is a platform for women to share their stories and experiences on various topics. Our podcast is about inspiring NRI women and their amazing stories. Some of the stories we've covered include growing up in a joint family in India, adopting a child as a single woman, and rebuilding one's life after the loss of a child. Take a listen. We hope you'll be inspired or learn something new. I'm Bettina. And I'm Lenora. And we're the voices behind NRI Woman Podcast. We're all heart. Just look for NRI Woman wherever you get your podcasts or find us at nriwoman.com. New episodes come out every Monday. Make sure you subscribe. All I'm saying is that we there are so many stereotypes with Indian people and money and I look at them and I just wonder I'm like how come we came out from a different thread or something do you think so I do you totally feel that agree. way yeah I feel that way all the time like I know people who cut coupons and participate in like every tax scheme out there and you're like oh this person must be really like not doing well and then they're living in a two million dollar house and you're like what is going on here have you ever been to costco yeah of course oh my god costco is one place where i always like i'm I'm a little ashamed of being indian just because i have that situation all the time they do the stupid shit where they come out from their teslas and their bmws and you know from their million dollar houses and then they go to costco with their entire family and not even like four people. It's no, like no, the no. Grandparents. Oh my God. They'll and be the like, maternal grandparents. Yeah, it's like be, eight people. There'll be two grandparents. There'll be like 15 kids. God only knows where they came from. There'll be like the whole family. And then they'll be in line for that free sample food. And it bugs me. It actually bugs me. And I just want to say, why are you ruining it for the rest of us? I, we don't feel that way. I would never be caught dead in the line for free sample food. If, if they come to me, then great. I'm not standing in that line. You know, I okay, so when I was um, in college, I worked as a waitress. And when I worked at a waitress, so many things became abundantly clear to me. Number one being every time an Indian family or an Indian couple came into the restaurant, none of the other servers wanted that table. And in the beginning, because I was naive and new to waitressing and didn't really know anything, they would give me that table and I'd be like, okay, whatever. And I quickly realized that the reason nobody wanted that table is because there was a very high chance that they weren't going to tip. Oh, And servers in America only get paid on tips. Right. So they're like, I'm not risking it and going to this Indian family and... And I was just so embarrassed. I would feel deeply embarrassed to the point that when I would go out to dinners, I would over tip. Like even <laughs> if I got terrible service, like someone spilled something on me, I'd still be like 20% because I need to single-handedly change the stereotype out there. And I just... But it's it, true. It, it's just so true. I wonder what the thinking behind that is i wonder why like you, well, think, I, I you think know the that they have thing, money well i think the tipping thing is because of india india tipping is not no because common, they add right? they usually they added into the into the bill so in india when i go 
I don't know the tipping rules in India, so I tip based on America. Mm. The servers love me. Let's just oh, for say sure. that because I leave twenty percent, and they're always just looking at me with oh, hold shock. On. So I get I get fifteen from this check, and I she gave an extra twenty. They just like, look at me with, and they're like, "Do you like what do you want to do with this?" And I'm like, "It's for you." Jeez, they must love you there. They must. I, I, okay, so I took my, last time I went to India, I took my grandparents out to dinner and my uh, aunts all went to dinner and I, I grabbed the check and I paid everything and then I left 20% cash tip. And then they all, uh, like five minutes later, like the manager and couple of the servers all gathered together and they were looking at my check and they were just like, they just looked dumbfounded and they're so confused and it was a big check right. like it was it was a really a nice dinner and so i was just like did i not pay enough like what's the deal here like, ma'am i'm we're giving you a vip membership to our restaurant for the rest of your life <laughs> you can come here and eat anytime yeah. anyways but i'm the, i'm i'm like the total weirdo and it, it's just i don't know it's just this weird thing and if, for instance, we go to the Indian grocery store, and I see this all the time, right? You see these great cars, Porsches, and, you know, uh, what are some other cars? I don't Tesla, know BMWs, and they're, you know, the luxury cars. Yes. They come in those big ones. Mercedes. Mercedes, and then, yeah. Yeah. And then they come into Ashton you. Ashton Martins, all of these cars, like really Fancy great cars. cars. Yes. And then they step out of the car, and you're like... How in the world is How this is person this? <laughs> driving this car? I'm like, your clothes you are know? clearly from the thrift store. Okay, and that has happened when I, I look at my flex and I look at myself. I'm like, this is there's such an imbalance in the nature right now because <laughs> I'll be like all dressed up, coming out of my mom car, and then these women who are who clearly are still in their, you know, living in India in, in some village and then they come out of their teslas and i'm just wondering did you not want to match up to that yeah and you're just i'm so shocked i'm like your clothes have stains on them and, and they'll smell just, of the and yeah you know, you know what the funny thing is i have white friends who would say this to me he's like what's up with the smell and i'm like that is you know something that all indians have to face it because yeah. we cook curry and curry you know your, your clothes but I mean, if you are that rich, if you are that rich, I mean, take a shower. Yeah, because those I, are like know, seventy, eighty thousand dollar cars. Like, yeah. buy some deodorant, man. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? What's up with the no deodorant? I don't know. I guess that like the education around putting deodorant is not well known in India because I don't think people wear deodorant. Okay, so again, when it comes to your money and fashion, of course, there is a big giant gap there. Just because you're rich doesn't mean you're fashion forward. No. 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 And then they'll go to the Indian store and then they'll do bargaining in an Indian store. And it just bothers me because I would be like, you're ruining it for the rest of us. I don't want to go in there and they'll be like, oh, another Indian person. Okay. Another bargaining person. Really funny story. I was in college and my mom, I moved out and I got my own apartment with a couple of roommates and my mom gave me her old couch and it was a really nice couch. It was like this cream color, L-shaped couch. It was great, but she wanted a new one. So she gave me the old one and it was great. We used it. And then after college was over, we all moved out and I was like, well, I should sell this couch. Like we don't need it anymore. And so I put it on Craigslist and we got this Indian couple who was just like, uh, we want to come look at the couch. And I was like, sure, come. They came to look at the couch. 
I kid you not, the dude smelled so bad, like so bad of BO. And he was sitting there and he was just trying to negotiate with me. And the couch, I'd listed it for like $300, okay? It was a $1,700 couch. And I was like, you know, it's seen its better days. $300 is a reasonable amount for this couch. Right. And the dude is just negotiating hard. And he smelled so bad that I was just like, can you afford just take it? it. <laughs> I was like, just take it and leave my house. You clearly you need this. So bad. And I just can't. And I, he's like, oh, okay. And then I think I ended up like, I was like. Did you give him for free? No, I think he paid me like 150 bucks. And I was like, fine, whatever. Just, just take it and leave. Because I was getting a headache from how bad he smelled. But and again, another example of being so mortified and embarrassed. And you're like, why? Why do you do this? Indian people, there aren't that many Indian people in America that you can just sort of be okay with anyone doing anything random. You feel the weight of when one person in your so-called community acts out and you're like, oh, everyone's going to expect me to answer this. And so the basic things of like, put deodorant on, don't negotiate so hard in situations that you shouldn't be negotiating in right. are just like, common decency well no they expect it now from us that's the problem you they expect you to negotiate they'll be like oh indian people they're gonna they're gonna be bargaining with us i had a a, it's really embarrassing i mean certain situations like if you're going to go buy a car fine that's common right everybody does it totally okay Mm -hmm. but like costco no just some people do costco really i don't know i'm just giving you an example i mean, <laughs> i wouldn't put it past them i really wouldn't put it past them but you know what i have so i sold my winnipeg i was in winnipeg mm-hmm. for a long time and we had a house there really pretty three thousand square feet really pretty house and we we like me and Ankara are both not very greedy in a way that oh my god our house is way more than what it's worth right we didn't do that we put a very reasonable price and a little bit of you know a little bit of profit but then that's it and we so all the you know our white folks and all the other ones they they would just give us their offer their Mm -hmm. best offer they'll be like this is what we can afford this is what we're going to pay for it right it's like an offer and then you you know kind of Mm -hmm. evaluate which offer you want to take and then there was this indian couple with a baby and they they knocked on our door and again Remember that in, uh, I don't think you know, but Winnipeg, it was done by real estate agents. So it wasn't. It's everywhere, Sorry, right? not real estate agents. Uh, it's called Comfrey, which is mm-hmm. that you do it yourself. But there's a service that provides communication. So these people knocked at the door and said, oh, we live, be- our brother lived behind your house. And so we want to move into this house so that, you know, we're close to them. And he's like the whole story, the whole mm-hmm. emotion. And I'm like, what is he doing? Is he saying that we should listen to his because if it's oh, you know, you're Indian, we're Indian, come on, you don't have to go through the formal thing. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, you're about to purchase hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of a house. I mean, God, just do an offer and we'll see. And that's what he did. He's like negotiating. And so I had to pull on Chris. I'm like, you know what? Let him just write the offer and we'll figure it out later. And then he did. He wrote the offer and we were like, look, we have two offers exactly the same cost. And so what do we do? Right. We didn't want to play that game, but that was the reality. We did have two exactly same offers. Mm -hmm. 
So then they came again, again with the whole family because they wanted to add that emotional thing in it. They're like, you're Indian, we're Indian, <laughs> you know, come on, you would like this oh, house. Too. So and I'm like, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. We don't want to sell you the house just because you're Indians. I mean, seriously. And he's like, no, but imagine this. We'll be close to our brother and this and that. And then I just was like, you know what? I can't deal with this. So we just told him, look, this is our two offer. If you want to add a little bit more, it's yours. Otherwise, I'm sorry. That's that. So then they did pay a little extra and then they got it. I'm like, forget about playing this back and forth. Just give it to him because I don't want him to knock on my door again and be like, look so at my family. So they did by emotionally they, manipulating No, you. but they did pay me more. Like they did up yeah. their offer. They didn't want to up the offer. They yeah. just wanted to say, let me take the house because, you know, we are you're Indians. Indian. Exactly. I'm Indian. And I'm like, don't do that. We have brown skin. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not related to me. I have no idea who you are. And I'm like, I would care less what color your skin is. So that's what they do. And I don't Oh, no, I, I will. Like that. I will tell you the story of my mom, who is a realtor. And she deals predominantly with Indian people. And she's just like, the realtors get certain percentage of sales. Right. So, um, for Indian people, the first thing they do, and they're like, if we list with you, what kind of discount can you offer yeah. off of your listing? So that's number one. Otherwise, they're just like, oh, you know, you can just take like $500 and we will just, you know, that's how the only way we'll, we'll that's list so with you. That's so disrespectful, though. It's so disrespectful. And then on top of it, she's like, they always come with like... 35 listings and they want to see every single listing and then she's like and then if the house is listed for let's say three hundred thousand dollars they'll offer 250 and they'll obviously not get the house and they'll be like oh it's your fault we didn't get the house and my mom's like they're literally the most difficult people to work with because it's they're just so busy trying to get a bargain that they don't realize that they're missing the big picture which is you're trying to buy a home you're trying to buy a place where you're going to live and raise your kids and have stories and memories and you know you be settled they're like no 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 we have to do this and she's like it's every single process is like months and months and months of work of driving to every single house and seeing every single house and it's just exhausting and she's like i'm embarrassed when i have to work with like my non-indian colleagues and other realtor who are just like preparing they're like oh this is an indian person who's either a listing a house so they think that they should deserve so much more for their house or they're buying a house so they think that they should pay so little for your house and i'm thinking okay think of yourself as a homeowner would you accept someone giving you 50 percent less than what you think the value of the house is no then why would you make that offer and it's like it doesn't click nope like it doesn't click there's something so uh, off-putting about the whole thing yeah, the, the, the fundamental like because if you've grown up in india you know that the bargain is a big deal in india mm-hmm. so in india and in india it does work by the way so i get it i understand that when you have to go to a store and then you have to bargain and that becomes a second nature so when you come out of india you still are stuck in that mm-hmm. you know mindset so now all of a sudden oh my god i can't pay you know it's below me to actually they think it's a, it's that they're str- being street smart and they're not they're, no. they, they think that oh look i cheated the system but it's not that it's not that even that it's like they have a lot of money they do i mean they eat freaking dal chawal every single day they don't go out they use coupons they they fill up on Shop free samples costco. from costco mm-hmm. so they don't have to pay for money they save every single pun, um, penny and then they buy that million dollar house but their mentality is still super cheap 
Also, by the way, I just want to put this disclaimer out there. This is not for all Indians. We're talking for a very specific group of Indian people yes. who come from, I guess, really poor upbringings and either villages that or and they, it's uh, either that or it's uh what's called new money so if so you know yeah. the difference between old money and new money so old money is that you you you've grown up in an environment where it's okay you know that money mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. there for you right mm-hmm. but then there is this new money which means that they haven't seen these good times and all of a sudden you're bombarded with a lot of money because you worked hard and you know indian people are actually hard-working people and you get all of this money and all of a sudden it's all about no matter how much money we have, we still need to save because they think it's being smart. That yes. if they save a penny, they're being smart. And most cases, maybe that's true, but it's not It's not true for every single place they go. Like, I'll give you an example. We, we lived in Winnipeg for a long time and there was a, a temple. And now I'm not a very religious person, but sometimes we used to go to temple just for meditation you know it used to feel good mm-hmm. just sit there there was peace and quiet so the only times we could go was sunday because everybody was home and every sunday there would be this lunch that was sponsored by one family one big family mm-hmm. they would sponsor lunch and that would just be like oh something great happened someone's birthday someone's anniversary some new job whatever and they would host lunch for everybody who came to the mandir I kid you not, we did that once or twice. And then Ankur is like, I hate this. Because do you notice that people come at like 11.45 because the lunch is served at 12? So they're coming there for the free lunch. And that's what used to happen. They would come in and go straight to the lunch department. And I'm just like, really? Like you, again, I'm going to give the same example. They would be driving a freaking BMW, but then they're there for free yeah. lunch. So the whole idea, so Ankur is like, I have lost the whole meditation and you know be one with yourself that kind of thing and now it's all about the free lunch and then they would have lineups and they will be like you know they would cut lines and they would there's push, just it's you know, just, there's just so embarrassing cheapness to this whole and thing. i lost and you're like, it yeah okay so it's that there's that one spectrum right where it's like cheapness about free lunch and you know free samples like, at costco samples at costco and trying to find the best deal ever and using coupons on top of coupons on top of coupons and then there's a flip side where you're just so obsessed with showing off how much oh wealth you have yes. so mm-hmm. you have to be like i drive the best car i live in the best house mm-hmm. i am dripping in freaking <clears throat> gold and the most expensive like lavish brands whether it looks good on me is out of the question that is not the point of this i'm like who cares i'm like who the hell fucking cares it's a competition it's a race it's who are you competing with other indian people and I, i'm other indian people and i really don't give a shit yeah, but in they fact don't if they that. do that i will make fun of them and it'd be like you're just an idiot but they don't care that what they care so they invite you to dinner right Kritika? Mm-hmm. and you go in and they have this beautiful house and they must show you that they have this gorgeous car <laughs> and they're wearing louis vuitton and they have like you know jimmy Choo shoes they will make sure that you see every single piece now do you care no but do they want to make sure you look at it mm-hmm. yes you know why because it's their own mental like it's their own thing they want to make sure that everybody knows that they're really well off and it's a it's a psyche it's that insecurity. i can't it is it's that it's that psyche of I don't want to say it in an inferiority complex, but there is some sort of like, I want to make sure everybody knows that I have made it. Yeah. And I don't know why this mentality is. Because they, I think it's, 
success isn't equated with being satisfied with where you are in your life mm-hmm. it's equated with do your other people in your indian circle see you as successful mm-hmm. and that's just sad and you know how they do it i have this one person who came to me he's like oh you know this area so i said oh this area is beautiful i love this and they're like yeah the houses are really nice i'm like yeah they're really expensive too i mean to own a house in this area mm-hmm. you must you know be doing really well mm-hmm. in life it's like yeah yeah but you know you can you can still do it and this and that yeah but you know we can drive whatever and so i'm like oh uh you know i have a flex really just so like yeah i mean we drive a tesla but whatever and they said it in a way that i'm like they had to like put it in that sentence just mm-hmm. so that i get to know that they drive a tesla and in my opinion i was like okay <laughs> i still like my flex I, I actually you know what this was a huge point of me growing up in Georgia. So uh, not growing up in Georgia. So when I moved to Georgia, I grew up in Chicago and it was like a mixed community of middle to um, like upper middle class um, people, you know? So it, it ranged and you had parents who were very successful and your parents were moderately successful, but all of the kids never really cared about the brand names, at least right something that I didn't notice, right? Mm-hmm. And it was more important to get a driver's license and have a car than to have a Mercedes, you know? Typical 16-year-old, 17-year-olds. Then I moved to Georgia, and my parents moved to this area that was very heavily um, Indian immigrants, Asian immigrants, and very successful Indian Asian immigrants, like doctors, lawyers, uh, VPs of corporations, that type of environment. And I go to school, I'm a senior, and at this point, my parents are like, you're going to take the bus. And, of course, I'm like, I'm a senior. You really want me to take a bus? And they're like, yeah. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Didn't really put up a fight. I was like, it is what it is. And I took a bus, and I get to school, and I noticed that all of these kids, mostly Indian and Asian kids, are obsessed with the cars they're driving. And their parents are sending these kids, 17 16, 17, 18-year-olds to school in brand-new Mercedes, BMWs, uh, the latest and the greatest cars. And they're talking about, oh, you know, my daughter, I could only get her a Lexus. I couldn't get her a Mercedes. And I'm just, well, just and this is the environment I get dropped into. And I'm like, what? And these, a, are, these are the kids who become assholes when they oh grow up. Oh, my God, totally. That's, they were already assholes. <laughs> but that's, that's a different question. Uh, like whole different conversation but i'm just thinking i'm like who lets a 16 17 year old drive a 70 80 thousand dollar car like why would you why would you my do dad that? like what are you compensating for as a parent because they want to show that uh, we as a parent has have given everything to our kids yeah. my dad made me take the the local delhi bus with like haryana people they're like no you need to be tough shipra <laughs> I, I was like to yeah take i took i i, I took the bus and I was totally fine with it yeah. I, w- I would be annoyed I was like look I don't need a fancy car but I would like to have a car just because no one my age takes, takes the, the bus. bus right so my reasoning for a car was that and I was like I don't care give me the old car that we have and I'm fine with it and then eventually they did give me the old car and I was perfectly happy with it because again my reasoning for having a car was having that freedom but I just, I could never wrap my head around why these 16, 17 year old kids were so obsessed with brands. And it was just like, ultimately I realized it's because their parents are obsessed with it and they're pushing it down to their kids. And it's like creating this environment where all they care about is money. 
Like that is all they care about. But this is all they want out of their life. You're passing it on to your kids. And now they grow up and they need the coolest toys, the coolest, you know, gadgets and everything because you've made them feel like you're entitled. And this is how you get those entitled uh, Indian assholes. And then you wonder, you're like, but do these kids have morals? Do they have values? Do they understand what's going on in the world? And... Probably not. I think a lot of them didn't. I think a lot of them were just so overwhelmingly consumed by having the best and showing off the best things that they have that they didn't pay attention to what was going on in the world. And I'm not trying to sound all high and mighty, mighty, and I'm pretty sure I'm coming off that way, but I was like, there's more to life. There's so much more to life than just having a fancy car. Yeah, but I don't. I wonder. I wonder why Indian people have this thing about money. Oh, don't you think? We, okay, so I think that it's because think about the people who migrate here from India. It is not the people who are well off in India. They're not leaving because they're like, we're fine. We have servants. We have a nice house. Right. Everything's taken care of. It's the people who really desperately need to get like out the of middle India. Class. It's the middle class, or it's right. even the lower than the middle class. It's the people living in villages, you know, right. who are collectively being sent here from their village and then slowly then bringing everyone from those villages back up. So you can come here and you can work hard. And that's the great thing about living in the United States of America is that if you're willing to work hard, you're going to make a lot of money and you're going to be very, very successful. But just because you have money doesn't mean you have class. (laughs) And if you come from a village where you're uneducated and you've never had money and all of a sudden you get insane amounts of dollars, yes, you've become rich, but you've not become wealthy. Yeah. Because wealthy is a mindset. That's true. I mean, I, I, I feel bad for the kids. They are all so entitled. I see. So entitled. And then another thing is they've never faced adversity. Oh, yes. So they don't know how to uh, manage difficult situations. You know what? There was a podcast with, uh, I think you sent me, the one with uh, Kristen Bell. Yeah. And, and that one. And the one thing she said about her kids, and I loved her. By the way, I love her. And she said that I want my kids to over, because they are so entitled. They they live in this really fancy lifestyle where their parents are making a lot of money. And they live in a fancy house. And everyone is giving them gifts. But I want my kids to overcome one thing every single day, whether it's living together in the same room or whether it's like not getting something they really wanted, whatever it is. One thing they need to overcome every single day. And I think that makes so much sense. And it shouldn't only be for rich people. I think it's for generally everyone. Kids should be told to overcome something just because they said, I want a new car, a new, you know, whatever watch doesn't mean that you just give it to them right away you just have to be like no sorry next month when it's your birthday maybe we can buy you one yeah they need to overcome something and that's how you get the all number, these so here's people. the thing the number of kids in georgia that i went to that now still live with their home uh, parents like adults still living with their parents Jeez. living off their parents dime having drug problems alcohol problems it's insane and it's because their parents never, they were so consumed by, I want every single person to see me as this wealthy person. And I, that means my kids need to be drenched in, you know, um, branded gear. Mm-hmm. Never realize that your kids should face adversity so they become strong. Oh, so bet. they get grit. So that when the world, like, slaps them, because that's what will happen. The world will fucking push you, up, push you down and, like, punch you. And you just have to get up and you have to learn and you have to move on. You're not giving your kid that strength. You're not teaching your kid how to do that and how to become strong and overcome anything that gets thrown at them. I bet. 
But the, I mean, Indian people don't know that, right? They're like, whatever. I'm just gonna make sure I'm the greatest parent ever. Cause I, 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 I mean, I think there are some Indian parents who are very good at that. I think, but they're far and few in between, oh, yeah. right? I think that my parents, um, I think they they didn't mean for me and my brother to face so much adversity, but we <laughs> faced a lot of adversity. And now they look back and they're like, oh my god, we're so glad you guys faced so much adversity because they know they know that we right. will conquer it all and we have this ability where we're just like you know what we've already seen the worst there is out there so that fear is gone for sure it's like we know how to pick ourselves up and go to the right. next step and, and not, work hard and not be like dependent on oh my parents yeah. are gonna bail me out yes. you know if i if i don't have money oh my, gosh no my we parents are, not, are gonna we're not at all <laughs> <laughs> dependent on that in any shape or form For sure. it just it wasn't even an option like i went right. to college and i was like if i lose my scholarship i don't get to come back to school right so i'm not gonna lose my scholarship but other indian people god indian kids did never have to face that mm-hmm. at least the ones that i was surrounded by i'm sure there are others who did and they're the ones going out there and making a difference in this world but overwhelmingly the ones that i grew up around were handed everything now i have a question for you because this i i noticed with a couple of families and i don't think it's a common thing for everyone but just a question i have seen that sometimes the parents would give their kids indian parents would give their kids everything like everything right best like whatever activity he wants to go to um the latest you know apple watches and apple this and apple that and everything I feel like they're compensating because they don't spend time with their kids at all. Like I don't yeah. see Indian kids, uh, Indian parents spending like quality time, right? Mm-hmm. Like sit them down and be like, what's going on in your life? I've never seen parents talk to their kids at all. It's all about, okay, this activity, this activity, this activity, you know, you go to all of them. I pay for everything. I pay for your camps. I pay for everything. And that's like, again, uh, the, the, in, the feeling is like I'm going to show off to my rest of my friends that look how great parent I am. I'm putting my kids through everything, right? And then buy him the, the coolest gear, buy him everything he needs. But they don't spend time. They don't give them that. And I feel like that a lot of Indian parents do that because they don't know how to spend time with their kids. So a couple of layers to that. One... I'm not sure if parents in our generation are doing that that much. Mm -mm. I don't think it's parents in our generation. I think they have a completely different approach to parenting. And it might be the benefit of being first-generation Americans. Probably. Or just much more connected with the world. But I think parents of our parents' generation certainly did that. Because they were just like, okay, we're in this new country. We don't know this culture. We're trying to figure this out. And we are trying to figure out how to fit in. And we don't have time for our kids. And they'll just figure it out the way we figured it out. Because that's what overwhelmingly parenting in India is like. like, Right? It might be changing now. But mm. as far as I remember, that's what it was. It was like, you got to get good grades. Right. And you got to get into good school. And then peace out. No, but but I have actually seen our generation people do that and they're like oh is your child how many activities do you, does your child do and you know and you'll be like oh my kid only goes for swimming or whatever they're like oh mine goes for for you know for tennis and for this and for oh that and God, for that and I'm like started on that and I'm like are you are you actually spending any time with them or are you just and and I can see the look on the child face who's like exhausted and like I don't want to do this because my parents put me through all the classes and they do that because they want to show off the fact that they can afford every single opportunity to 
supposedly better the life of the child but they don't if you ask them what's your child like and they can't answer that question if you say what's your child's favorite thing to do and they'll be like oh he likes this 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 okay this, so this. I, I again i think that there's a difference in the, those type of parents i think the parents are if they are first gener- generation immigrants who have lived in america grew up in america i don't think they're that way i think i've that seen them too though in my experience i think it's the parents who are coming from india and then they have young kids and they're just like, okay, we're going to take advantage of everything. Mm-hmm. My mom has a friend who's a piano teacher. She is Caucasian. And she mentioned this to my mom. Uh, she was just like, Nisha, are your kids this way too? And she talked about all the kids that she teaches piano to. And she's like, these poor kids are just like exhausted. And they're like, I got to learn piano. I got to play a sport. I got to be in chess team. I got to learn coding. I need to know four different languages. And they're just so much show. They're just exhausted. Like they have Mm -hmm. no time for fun. Mm -hmm. And she was saying that to my mom and my mom's like, we didn't push our kids to even <laughs> do their homework, so we really can't relate. <laughs> my mom is like, you had dance in school. That was more than enough of an activity. <laughs> my mom, no, no, no. I learned, I, I, I took violin for one year, and my parents were like, you're so bad. Can you just quit? <laughs> like, they did not encourage it one bit. They, in fact, were like, please quit. We don't want to listen to this. Actually, that's so true. Because I had one year or two years, actually, I got uh, the guitar. And I'm not talking the fancy guitar. I'm talking the Indian guitar, which is like, you know, on the lap. And you the do sitar? It. No, no, no. There's an Indian. Google it. It's an Indian guitar, which is like on your lap. And you have this huge metal bar that goes on top of the wires mm-hmm. and one with the pick. And then you have to play. And it has a very interesting sound. And I remember I I got it from school and I'm like, mommy, I'm going to do guitar this year. And she's like, "Okay." And she bought me because I asked for it. And so she bought me this expensive guitar and everything. And then my dad, because it was, um, you know how in India you have the ragas? That yeah. you have to learn. Yeah. Um, so I read. I learned the raga, and the one that I picked is the bhairavi, which is like early in the morning, six a.m. So now six a.m. is my only time to actually play it. And my dad one time walks in, he's like, "When is this over? <laughs> this is painful." <laughs> and he's like, "When are you done?" I'm like, "This year." He's like, "Are you gonna do this like every single morning? Because I can't." take it anymore and so so our parents were like that and like i don't care if this is your activity is this why we're really average human beings i think maybe <laughs> maybe hey. maybe the other parents are doing something right well but, no but so i i did take dance and dancing kind of took me really far and then that was fine and my mom was like of course and dancing was because i didn't have to practice at home so she was fine with it but but the guitar i know my my parents were like okay you have enough activities already <laughs> but i see here and they're just like go to camp go to a guitar go for tech you know coding coding and French, then tennis German, and, oh English, my god Spanish. it's like oh my god and half the time it's just to show off that look we are doing so much because we have so much money we're gonna make sure our kid becomes like multifaceted and guess what it's not they're shitty kids still i mean no offense but they are they don't they don't actually you don't actually get perfect in anything because you are divided into fifteen thousand things plus you have a crisis because you haven't developed a personality exactly and you can't relate with other kids because you're overwhelmed and it's just it's it's all a mess and it's just but going back to our conversation about finance i think that those same parents are hell-bent on their kids 
becoming doctors and engineers not even engineers actually just straight up doctors because they're like oh when you're a doctor you're gonna finish med school and then you're gonna get that two hundred thousand dollar plus salary and they're just so fixated on that that they don't they ignore the fact that their kid is not suited to be a doctor that their kid wants to do something else i mean i think of all of the famous indian people that we think of right um aziz ansari mindy kaling hassan minaj and their parents were not this obsessed their parents were like yeah you should do this like we're gonna kind of push you but you figure your stuff out and they figured their stuff out and they excelled in whatever they're doing and they're extremely successful more successful than had they gone and become like doctors but it's, they got to do that is because their parents didn't push them. Their parents were like, no, you know what? We're going to be here. We're going to be supportive. We wish and hope that you take this career path. But if you don't, we're still going to support you. I don't think a lot of Indian kids have that option. But I think that every single Indian parent in the generation before us, they do have the mindset and like back of their mind, they're still thinking it's either you become an engineer or a software engineer to be precise, or if you become a doctor, those are the two main yep. career paths. They don't recognize art. Anything else. They don't recognize well, anything else. I feel like else. India is lacking creativity. But I think they're getting better at it. They're getting better at it, but a lot of people lack common sense because I think common sense comes from a space of creativity. <laughs> But and when it comes lacking. to f- but when it comes to finance, this is the mi- mindset that they have that if they become a software engineer or an engineer or if they become a you know a, a doctor, they are financially set. So everything, every decision, every thought process is around the same mindset that they need to be financially secure. And the only way to do that is if they follow a, a career path that are for sure guaranteed to make you successful in financially. Mm-hmm. So I think money is such a f- such a thing about that thing with Indians that it's like everything they do and they think about and not again I'm gonna also say not all Indians but certainly the majority of them think that that is what they do like for example like I know that I heard the story about this Indian guy who moved to US to join and he's a software engineer super smart joined the company and got really paid and then I saw him and and you know my husband was like he is living in a apartment with 10 other guys because they're all sharing the apartment every single penny he's earning he just takes a little bit just to cover his basic expenses but everything is going back to India to his wife and now he's okay to live without his wife without his family without everything in like a like a bachelor almost for years at end just so that the people in India are like they have you know the dollars and they are super rich and my thinking is where's the life in that like where is the fun in that that you're you're wasting the best part of your life doing that now you turn all of a sudden you're 70 year old you don't have a relationship with your family anymore because you're always lived Mm -hmm. apart sure they have money but then what are you going to do with it you're Mm -hmm. old you didn't have that relationship can't take it to the grave with you you cannot take it to the grave and they don't understand this now because they are 30 something and they think they can do anything but the main mindset coming to america is like I'm going to go to America, I'm really smart, get this job, get a ton of money, mm-hmm. but then send all this money back to India, live like a pauper, like live like a, literally like a homeless guy, but then let my family live like, Money's you know, God. whatever. Money's God, and it, yeah. it, it tops everything. It is the number one priority, and they miss the point that money should never be the number one priority. Like, yes, it's important, obviously, for the world to go around. You need money. Do That's you, the unfortunate reality of the world that we live in. But it shouldn't be 
your end all be all. Like it sure. shouldn't be the, the reason you get up in the morning and the reason you go to bed. So you I have, need to have other things in life. So I had this I had this conversation with a really dear friend of mine. Her name is Teji and she is in Winnipeg. Oh, sorry, Toronto. And she's a really good friend of mine. She's been working for TD Canada Trust for years really high up and I asked her this question and she was very she's a successful person now she has a family and I asked her the same question I said what do you think when you think of Indian people and money what's your thought and this is what she said she said I personally find the Indian community to be judgmental and hypocritical I've had Indian people come and ask me what my income was and even had someone tell me that I didn't make very much when I think of what people are thirsty for these days are not money, but happiness and gratitude. And saying that money can't buy happiness is a true statement. M more money, meaning more problems. As a whole Indian community paints a, re a, re a reality that no one can live up to. Uh, to include person doing and uh, include the person who are doing the judging. And the earning is not relative as one's saving. So you can have a very high salary, but if you don't have any savings, reality versus perception mm -hmm. kind of thing. Loving, uh, you know, loving to keep up with the Jonases, uh, buying things on credit. And this is what you see in Canada. This is what you see in people around you. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I see this. My mom has this friend and very wealthy, right? And they employ every single tax scheme possible i mean they're taking their cues from donald trump they're like <laughs> let's file for bankruptcy let's do this let's do that Jesus and Christ, i don't think yeah. that's a great example no i don't think it's a great example but they're doing this uh -huh. they have like they live in a trillion dollar house they have lots of property lots of assets do everything but are they happy are all four members of their family happy no they're nope. completely falling apart one has an alcohol problem the other is the only responsible person in the family and feels the need to take care of everything. The husband and wife have a very um, toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. The husband is having affairs and all of this stuff. And But outside world, they're like, but we have a $2 million house and we only drive Mercedes. So we're fine Jesus. and we're doing yeah. so well. And I'm like, is Are that you what really? life is about? Yeah. I'm like, is that really what life is about? Are you yeah. happy? Are you? I, I just don't get it. Like, I want success. Like, I do want success, and I do want to be financially stable and financially independent, and I completely understand that that aspect of it, but I don't want it so I can hoard it. I want it so I can travel, so I can have experiences, so I can give to charities, so I can make a difference in this world. Like, right. that's the reason I work so hard. For and sure. you have to have those other reasons. If the only reason you work so hard is so you can make more money... At some point, you're going to look at your life and you're going to be like, I live a sad existence. Well, I have a cousin who once said to me, I want to live rich and not die rich. And that's stuck in my head. I'm, that is so true. I want to live rich. I don't want to die rich. Just like, let's just keep hoarding money one after the other but and not the do anything. point of what your friend said about keeping up with the Joneses, that's a real problem mm -hmm. in the Indian community. Yes, because it is. Oh my gosh, my dad used to complain, still complains about this so much, is they would get invited to parties and, you know, typical Indian parties oh. where the Indian women <laughs> all coalesce in like the kitchen and they're, they're comparing all with the comparing jewelry, jewelry, saries, <laughs> all this stuff. And then all the men are like in the living room talking about other stuff. And my dad's like, I can't do these parties. He's like, these guys just stand around talking about, oh, you bought this lawnmower? Well, I bought this lawnmower. And this is why this is so much nicer because I paid more for it. And you should really buy this lawnmower. And my dad's like, Oh my god, I'm 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 not here spending Saturday night talking about lawn lawnmowers. Like I I don't care. 
and it's so true and you you know uh, and unfortunately i'm also part of a lot of these parties and sometimes i i go there and i'm just like i can't relate to you i cannot like anchor is like i cannot relate to these men they talk about oh you know what i'll give you a really cool uh, you know a scheme to save money do this do that oh and I was like scheme. really that's what you spend all your time doing like we would love to save money we do we really like to save money in a way so that we can have a better future for our children and all of that and of course we do that but we don't want to stop living you now. don't want to be the a south indian couple that went to jail because they tried to use the Cole's credit oh my God. scheme to <laughs> save money. No, these couples were featured on New York Times. I heard you told and me that. And they, okay, so what they, Cole's gives you like, a ten, first of all, I hate Cole's, but a lot of Indian people love it, but whatever, that's a different topic. So Cole's gives you, Kohl's gives you like $10 credit if you spend a certain amount. Like if you spend $30, oh, wow. they give you like $10 store credit. This South Indian couple, husband and wife, figured out a way where they would just constantly buy stuff from Kohl's, get the $10 credit, return everything, but then keep the credit. Oh. And I don't, I, didn't, I don't know the exact extent of their scheme, but essentially they worked it out where they got ended up taking $75,000 from Kohl's. Christ. And then eventually Coles caught caught on and reported them to the FBI and then they got deported and Jesus. And I'm just reading this and I'm just cringing. I don't even know these people. I don't know what city they're in. I'm just sitting there reading the story and cringing and I'm like, Oh, this is this they're is so embarrassing. I'm like, this is I already don't shop at Coles, but now I can't even show my face at Coles. <laughs> like, oh But here so comes another embarrassing. Indian. <laughs> Exactly. This is so embarrassing. I have I have a funny story too. So we were again back in Winnipeg and uh, Ankur had just started a job and he was at the bus stop and he was about to get on a bus. He was waiting. And this uncle, you know, when I say uncle, I just mean, you know, older um gentleman and Indian person and he comes and he stands next to him and starts chatting him up and he's like oh what do you do and everybody likes that question don't you think all Indians like oh, that followed question by, how much do you make how much do you make so he's like oh what do you uh, where do you work when did you move to Ca- to Canada da, 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 da. do you have family blah 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 and as soon as he was about to ask that inevitable question oh, how much you make the bus came and Ankur was like I'm sorry my bus is here gotta go and he climbs the bus this man followed Ankur in a moving bus be like wait wait how much do you make and Ankur's like are you crazy like why would I tell a random stranger <laughs> screaming at me screaming at while me. I'm on a bus how much do I make and Ankur came home and he's like rattled with that experience he's like I still don't understand the point I'm like probably he had a daughter and he he just wanted to find a, a great oh, mate for my that. grandparents asked that the first question it was really funny i i mean they're 80 year old so I, I i was like it's fine but i um vivek proposed to me we got engaged and we were visiting india as we stayed with my grandparents and then my grandparents he was like jet lagged and decided to take a nap and then my grandparents like krithika how much does he make i know <laughs> and i was like enough and they're like what do you mean enough i'm like he makes more than enough. Also, I have a job. Like, I can support myself. And they're like, who will take care of the household finances? And I'm like, 
Oh my god! I don't know. We haven't gotten that far yet. It's such a thing. (laughs) They're like, we just want to make sure, and then they just pestered me until I told them, and they're like, oh, okay, okay, good. You'll be fine. Like you have our (laughs) blessings now. You'll be fine. And I'm like, this is so insane. It like money is such a big thing about it. Like forget about how much you guys are good for each other or not. It's more like, does he pay for your stuff or not? Yeah. So when Ankur's, um, you know you know mm-hmm. thing we were talking about Ankur and everything and he's he sent his stuff and we were all because mine is an arranged marriage so it was more mm-hmm. about okay and did know. he actually have to send his pay stops no not pay stuff he sent his picture and the you know like whatever the so the, the, so, the <laughs> resume good the lord resume. oh my god I, looking back that is cringeworthy anyway so we're looking at it and we don't we don't like you can look at someone's education and kind of figure mm-hmm. out if he's doing good in life or not because in arranged marriage that's one of the main things that you're going to check will he be able to support my daughter right that's in, that's the main thing in arranged marriage and so my people were like well he's an iit Your graduate people? my people <laughs> were like your iit graduate he's a cornell ms he's doing fine <laughs> and that's how they went they didn't ask the question and so wait 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 they didn't ask they okay, didn't ask. The reason, okay, so I got these proposals, right, as well. Um, and my dad would just forward them to me because they would come from India and we lived in the U.S. So they're like, we will send you our wedding resume. And my dad's like, here you go. <laughs> and Krithika's like throwing out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> they would actually. <laughs> but it's so funny because they would. Do they have pictures? They have, no, it was like a straight up resume. Jesus. It was a straight up resume. Oh, I know. With a photo. And they would say one, how many siblings they had, if they had any sisters, and if they if the sisters were married or not, because you know you got to take care of the sisters, right? And um, the parents, the living situation, and then they'd be like, "This is my job. This is how much money package I make. The package, the salary uh-huh. package." And I would look at these and I'd be like, "What on God's earth? Like, why would you send this to people? This is insane." Oh no, so I didn't get that. I didn't get all of that. All I got was his pictures because we spoke on the phone and all mm-hmm. that. So we didn't get the, the the resume, but we did get like the pictures. And and so Ankur was also one, not one of those people who would get his pictures clicked. So he just had this random picture of him driving his brand new Jetta. I'm like, did you do that on purpose? Because you want to show people you had a brand new Jetta. He's like, no, that was the only good picture I could find <laughs> at the time. So my point is that he was also really conscious about this whole mm-hmm. thing. And my mother-in-law actually told me the story. He's like, we would just not go for people when they first question when the first question was how much does your son make and my in-laws were like no this is not gonna work for us because it's a really personal question it's such a personal question it's like asking a girl how old you are yeah the same thing is asking a guy how much you make it's a really personal question and Ankur is like dead against that question he will not answer it he will never ask oh it's always it's like how much do you make how expensive is your house House. how much did you pay for this and it's like you don't need to know like why i'll actually tell you maybe i shouldn't share this I'm gonna oh share it come on okay so it. <laughs> uh, when vivek and i got engaged and he proposed <laughs> he gave me a very nice ring right it was a ring that i when he had hinted at it and he's been like what do you expect 
I was I went all out and I was like, look, if you're if we're gonna do this, I have high expectations. You're, you send him a picture of the ring you wanted. No, I had a Pinterest board where I pinned like 15 different rings that were great, and I was like, here you go, like one of yes. these are great for people who this don't know Kritika. This. I can totally expect that. I I mean, you know, you're gonna wear this for the rest of your life. You should get yeah, what you love. True. That's true. So anyways, I did that. That was my approach. I was like, you can pick any of these styles and I will love it and be great. And on top of that, I did give him a contact for a jeweler that I was like, <laughs> would give you a really great deal. Being practical. And so romantic, I must say. Uh, you know what? At this point, we've been dating for five years. I was like, I'm just being practical here. Let's do this. So he got, gets the ring. He proposes. He doesn't really tell anyone that he's going to propose. He proposes. And then... Um, the weekend we go to see my future in-laws and we go and his mom is like ooing and eyeing over the ring and then she <laughs> finally goes so Vivek how much did you pay for this ring and Vivek's like you know a fair bit it's fine Krithika loves it like trying to be <laughs> evasive and not tell this answer and his mom would not let it go she's like I need to know how much you paid for this ring and it was so awkward that eventually we were, I was just like he paid this much he paid this much for the ring did he did you tell yeah I told because oh, yeah. I was just like so uncomfortable with the whole situation right but that's what I mean like why do we need to talk about this like we got engaged we're about to get married you're about to have but your no, first daughter-in-law but people no, want to know, know. yes people want to know and then I I so my ring my engagement ring was you know, really pretty, very simple. Not this one, the one that you're looking at. That's not my engagement ring. But I had a very pretty ring. And it was very beautiful. It was very, like, dainty. Three, like, you know, diamonds and very small. And I was, like, told, and I'm not going to say who, but I was told that, oh, this is, like, you know, one of the this and that. And I'm, like, great. And then I was given this ring at the day of the wedding. And this is, like, oh, this is a solitaire. It's, like, De Beers you know diamond da 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 and i was just like i'm getting married to a person i don't care what ring or what jewelry am i getting at this point my i have bigger things to think about as in it's an arranged marriage so i'm thinking <laughs> am i gonna get along with this human being i don't care what <laughs> diamond that was put on my finger <laughs> at that point but they were trying to you know say that we'll take care of you you're in good hands that mm -hmm. i think that's the point but but in the girl's mind, I'm just like, I don't care what jewelry this is. And but so so but the thing is that you cannot get that mindset out of that Indian people. You just no. cannot. It's like it's there, so it's ingrained body. in their brain. Well, that's why that's why there's a whole ritual at during the wedding time, where they show like a third day or second day where you're supposed to go back to your parents' house wearing all of the jewelry that your in-laws gave you just to show off what I your in-laws gave you. Uh -huh. And I'm like, this is such a stupid ritual. It like, is. why does it exist? But again, it goes back to that it, it, it's, it goes back to the fact that they want your daughter to go back to their house and show the parents that I will be well taken care of. So don't worry. That's the idea behind it. But yep. it just comes across really weird. I did that too. The next morning I wore all the jewelry I was given and I went back to my mom's place and my mom is like whoa and it's the idea is like look I loaded her with gold my jewelry is gone from like one safety deposit box to the other I, you, I haven't worn it no normal human being would wear this on a regular basis like you will get mugged and murdered that's pretty much what happens yeah 
Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Um, we hope you enjoyed this podcast about finance, gold, and marriage, and everything else in between. Um, if you haven't already, please subscribe. And please tell your friends about the Modern Indian Podcast and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Take care. And-